a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to the Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The warriors and the braves are in their beds. The sun has gone down over the bunks, and it's time for you to find out what happened today. Each morning, before the boys sleepily shuffle off to morning flags, blue sheets are put on each wooden breakfast table. They are the color of a main summer sky, and each boy and each counselor pours over these blue sheets to see what will happen today. This is your blue sheet report for what did happen today. And just in case you were wondering, yet again, we had perfect weather for what the day had in store for us. It started off cloudy, threatened rain, and again, no rain, little breeze, nice and cool, Today was packing day, Friday, August 11th, second to last day of camp. Tomorrow is leaving day. And I must say for myself, as well as countless counselors and campers, that is the definition of bittersweet. This morning, there was a late wake up and sleep in. Breakfast was at nine o'clock, clean up from 9.45 to 10.15, and then the packing drill all day long. Braves, Warriors, Council, Sachem, the boys packed with their counselors while the other boys in the bunk played games outside, can jam, frisbee, catch, tossing a football, just generally doing what our boys do when there's downtime. All the clothes and the porch stuff and the bathroom stuff and the shoes and the sports equipment and all the final things. Three bunks got to go bunk tubing because we just couldn't quite get to them. And then... As all of the bunks wrapped up, lunch happened. These days are always strange families. They're always a little... Tense is the wrong word, but they are laden. They're freighted with the sense that soon everything will be different. Because by now the boys have normalized to this place. They feel like here is home. Even though they know home, of course, is another place too. And they'll be leaving. And you know how children are, boys and girls and even adults are, when there is a transition afoot. They act a little different. So when you spend so much time watching the social environment and sensing it and having your radar up, you can sense little shifts and slides. And today, it was certainly different. There is a sense of maybe nostalgia while still being here mixed with nerves, I think. A certain edginess, nothing terrible and nothing that landed on anyone, but it was there, it was in the water. And so they relaxed without totally being relaxed and they packed and they thought of home. And then all at once it was time for all of our rituals. And this is actually one of my favorite parts of any session. This is such a cool afternoon and evening. At five o'clock, 
everyone meets at the flagpole, and there's this tradition called brothers, which is where anyone can shout out a pair of people and basically have them walk up in front of the entire group, and everyone gets to cheer for them, especially if they look like they might be related. The winner tonight, you'll probably see photos of this, was just remarkable. It was a counselor named Sean and a boy named Sean, and they look like versions of each other, and not just in a brother's way. They look like like time-elapsed photography. It's really remarkable. So the Seans won pretty resoundingly. They won brothers. And all you win with brothers is the ability to go eat first, which, by the way, is a pretty big deal here. Then, of course, it's banquet. And what that means is lobster and lots of it and so much steak and chicken, sure, but this chicken was just like halves of chickens. They were half chickens the boys were devouring. And there is corn and baked potatoes and a whole baked potato bar. Everyone loves banquet. It was so delicious. I had steak and some baked potatoes. Delicious salad from our salad bar, which of course is from our garden, which you'll all see tomorrow. It is booming over there. And then the awards. All the awards came out for the different years, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth year, all different forms. The third year has beanies. The fifth year is a treasured one. It's a fleece pullover with your name on it. And then it goes up. There's a rain jacket at nine years. Only Daniel Rudden got that. And at 10 years, you get a brick. But there are no counselors this session who got a brick. Last session, Tom Donahue, Danger Dave McNay, they both got bricks and a couple campers. And Harry McNeil, also a counselor and a marvelous one at that. No bricks today. Then Griff got up, gave out the hatchets from Color War, and then he delivered the Sportsmanship Awards. In the second session, they bear his name. It's the Michael Griff Griffin Sportsmanship Award. Sportsmanship at this camp is so prevalent anyways. To be recognized for sportsmanship in this place, you really got to be something special. Braden Rosencrantz was recognized as the most sportsmanlike brave. Santi McLaughlin, the leader of the Santi Clauses, Watermelon League team, also recognized for Warriors. And for the second time in his career at Camp Cobbesee, Will Heller recognized as the most sportsmanlike member of Council or Sachem. That's really something. And then we watched the slideshow. And it was the same as the whole day. It was gorgeous. Lexi and MJ are so talented. As you know, the photos are so beautiful. And they were set to music. The music was often the fight song from Color Wars. So the kids were singing along. And I'll admit it, families got a little choked up in the back. I'm like, wow, this is going to be over. This is, this is going to be it. 2017 is over in hours. I stood in the back and tried to look imperious, a little choked up. And then it was time for chip witches. We had a couple chip witch challenges. No one caught it. No one really got close, but you know, it's all about the try. And then we all headed down to the campfire. Everybody lined up, jumping as they do, in the failing light of August in Maine. Go underneath the Brotherhood sign. Every single hand hits it. The little boys get picked up by the big boys to hit it. They're in there. They pack into this beautiful spot. And it's dark now, families. First session, it was light during this campfire. Not anymore. It's dark. 
which means there's just this sphere of firelight that just sort of hits off the trees and the lowest branches, and the boys look up and wonder at the huge wolf pines that are moving above them, lit up by these fires. There's a welcome fire, and then there's the actual main fire. Griff talked about how this was one of his favorite of all sessions. Same with Tom. They both said the same thing. And then the boys get up, and, and the tradition goes that every single bunk sends up representatives to talk about their wish for the next year and their memory from this year. And then sometimes they're goofy, especially the little guys. They say funny things. And then the ceremony goes up in ages, and it gets more serious or more heavyweight, I guess. And then the sachem come up. And instead of just one representative, it's every one of our 19 sachem. And their memories kind of stopped everybody in their tracks. Some boys, this is not their favorite thing. But I'll just set the stage for you. That firelight has died down, so the sphere of orange light is lower. Everyone sort of hunkers down. And the sachem are arrayed in front of the C-shaped stage. It says C for Kabasi. And they're all tucked into the curves of the sea. And they are shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip. And they're a little nervous, but this is their place. They're not that nervous. And they're saying their memory and their wish. And some of them are joking. And some of them are serious. The joking ones are using the stage to make light, make their friends laugh. Francisco Yanes said a couple jokes and then stopped everybody in their tracks by saying, I will miss these boys very much because in the last four weeks they have become very special to me. And it went on from there. Some memories were recent. Handball intercamp this year. There was one. 10-9 in overtime against another camp. Handball is a big deal here, so that was cool to be able to do that against another camp. And some were old. There was one memory about a 10-year-old basketball game. In 2014, decided in overtime against another boy also standing around that fire. That one really got me. Because these boys have grown so much from 10 to 14. In four years, when you're talking about a 10-year-old, silly and fun, maybe a little roly-poly, their personality is still emerging, still unfolding. To become a mighty sachem, to become one of the culture leaders of camp in only four years, it's so cool to see, but it's also disorienting. Mothers and fathers back home, I'm sure you feel the same. Could it have only been four years since that little 10-year-old was that little 10-year-old? And now look at them. A couple of these guys are 6'3", 6'4". I'm from the West Coast, families. I don't get to go home very often. When I do, it's always in six-month increments. I get to see my friends and my sister's kids, my friend's children, all in six-month increments. <clears throat> that means that everyone has... Fast forwarded, you know, they're six months older. So the people on the ground, it doesn't look like much, but to me, I can see these changes. They're stark. The same is true for your boys, especially true for your boys because we're so focused on their development. So you've seen them for four years constantly. I see them, our staff sees them for four weeks, once a year. And so that 10-year-old becoming this 14-year-old feels like a form of magic. But what a form of magic to witness. 
I will tell you what I told them, though, Sachem, tonight. This is my eighth session here. Four years. I'm not sure I've seen a group of Sachem grab a hold of a session like they did and have such a profound effect on a place like they did. What they did, the other boys did. That's normal. But for them to realize that and to affect such powerful examples of genuine affection for each other, striving under fire, sportsmanship, and brotherhood, and then to watch that ripple through the camp, well, that was a rare gift to be able to witness that. So this marks the end of the summer and also our first run of podcasts. And I have to say that for me and for Lex, who's sitting across from me listening, we didn't think it was going to go this well, but it did. It was so fun to say these things to you and to have you listen and to have so many people so excited about it. So thanks for listening, everybody back home. We're going to pick this right up. The first day of camp, 2018. But for now, that is our little informal podcast for the last glorious day at Camp Cobbesee for Boys in 2017. Your boys will go to sleep tonight, eventually, with steady counselors watching over them, nodding off to sleep with visions, I'm sure, of home and cell phones and family dogs and you parents and sisters and other brothers and food they've missed, sushi, Korean, curry. But for now, they're surrounded by their friends and loons are sounding on the lake. And for one more time, all is well in this place set apart.